This week on ProfCast, we speak about DACA, why it's an important topic, and we will get the opportunity to speak with Jason Hernandez, who recently visited Roland's campus to speak about the issue. This is Miguel Martinez taking over for Justin Decker. Today we bring you the topic of DACA, or more formally known as the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival. And to briefly explain DACA, essentially a program that protects immigrants who were brought here to the United States illegally as child. DACA will protect them from being deported, allowing them to stay, work, and in some cases even go to school here. But that was not always the case. That program was only implemented back in 2012 on the Barack Obama administration. Effective immediately, the Department of Homeland Security is taking steps to lift the shadow of deportation from these young people. Today we have the opportunity to speak with Jason Hernandez, the director of Rutgers Immigrants Community Assistance Project. Jason, why don't you just start by explaining what you do there? Sure. So the Rutgers Immigrant Community Assistance Project um, also known as RICAP, provides a couple of services to the Rutgers University in the state of New Jersey. Um, it's basically three prongs. The first is that I provide free legal consultations to students. This is an opportunity for many young people who have never had the chance to speak to an attorney um, to learn about what immigration benefits they may qualify um, to apply for and also um, you know, what is the best course of action in their particular case. The second thing I do is provide direct representation. So for some of these students, I'm actually representing them before United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. And the final and third prong is providing community education, which happens both on campus throughout the different schools of the university, but then also throughout the state of New Jersey and the surrounding communities of the campuses. So I provide informational presentations at local schools, elementary schools, high schools, community-based organizations, and other universities like our partners here at Rowan University. Right, and you mentioned partners here at Rowan, but are there really many other projects like yours around the country? Um, so in the state of New Jersey, there are not programs like mine that exist um, as yet. Um, I have been sort of connecting with programs like mine on a national basis. Um, the UC system, University of California, was really the first program to create something like this. Um, they provide services to the UC system statewide, with the exception of um, the Berkeley campus. Um, NYU started a program similar to this. Harvard hired an attorney into their clinic to do similar work. Um, and there are a few others, um, but really we're a small group. Um, I can't give you an exact number of how many there are, um, but I would guess probably under 10. Um, however, there are probably some law schools that are providing this service through their clinical offices. Yeah, significant small number of programs. Um, what would you think would be the benefits of having those programs in pretty much every school? Because every school is affected, I would say. Right. So, so one thing is I think we've seen only so many of these programs start because you know, we're seeing movements for in-state tuition and in-state financial aid. Um, I should point out that undocumented students really struggle to afford university education since they can't access federal financial aid or many scholarships. I think the benefit of a program like this is that, you know, any university has an objective to assist its students achieve academic success. Um, we have counseling programs, employment or career service programs. Um, various you know aspects of student affairs that support students with a variety of needs 
um, to assist them overcome obstacles in their academic pursuits. And this is just a recognition of the fact that as the undocumented student population enters into the realm of higher education, they present a different set of needs, or I wouldn't say different, but there's an additional facet to their um, possible obstacles. And the progr a program like mine, I hope we'll see more around the country, um, because really Rutgers through RICAP, my program, aims to remove obstacles to undocumented students as they pursue their academic success, just like they would for any student that's enrolled at the university. You know, Jason, there's a lot of people who have no connections with DACA or have only heard the term, but really what will be the benefits of knowing what's happening and being educated about this topic? Great question, Miguel. Um, so I challenge the idea that people don't actually know someone with DACA. Um, I think that, you know, the way that the, the U.S. is set up, um, you know, the, the question about immigration or the question more specifically about dreamers is not so much one about immigrants or non-immigrants. It's a question of our communities and who do we want to be. Um, the United States, while it has had about, you know, with immigration laws throughout its en entire existence, you know, the United States is a wonderful place because individuals can come to the United States, work hard, and achieve their dreams. You know, the American dream is not a myth. Uh, my dad is an immigrant from Guatemala. My, my mother's family immigrated from Ireland and Greece. You know, my dad basically sold food out of a truck at JFK his whole life, started his own small business, and, you know, didn't pursue education the way that I did. But, you know, it was his dream that he would allow, you know, allow his children access to education. And so I just think about how proud he is to see that his child, the son of an immigrant from, you know, Guatemala City, was able to complete four-year university and become a lawyer in the United States. And, you know, it's not so much about a merit-based immigration system where we only recruit, you know, from the best in the world. Really, you know, we have no idea who are the best or who has the potential to be the best. But in the United States, the way that we're set up, you know, anybody who works hard, if immigration isn't an obstacle, right? So for these dreamers, if we can just remove the obstacle of immigration, you know, the limits are boundless for achievement as a nation and what we can, you know, f you know find as a society in terms of STEM improvements, improvements in the arts and humanities. Um, and I think that it's a shame that something like immigration status prevents those that would be um, well-developed and great minds, um, members of the United States, you know, to achieve what they're meant to achieve. In the last couple of months or weeks, we have heard a lot more about DACA. So what is happening? What is going to be happening? What is the March 6th deadline? <laughs> We've been hearing a lot about DACA since the rescission in September of 2017. The reason why I think it's been such a, a large issue lately is that it's been tied up um, in these continuing resolutions um, before Congress. So, you know, with the rescission announcement in September, September 5th, 2017, uh, the president announced that the rescission basically only allowed individuals who had expiration dates on or before March 5th, 2018, to renew their DACA status. So what that means is that beginning on March 6th, the first DACA status, first DACA individuals will lose their status and for every day after that, for the next two years, more students will lose their status. Um, and so to avoid those students um, losing their status on March 6th, Congress has to act um, to basically change that. 
Um, now, it is still super urgent, right, that we come up with a solution for this, but I will say um, that the courts have at least placed a pause on the DACA rescission by enjoining that um, action by the administration. And so I am pleased to say that individuals whose DACA expired after March 5th have been able to apply so long as they've been enrolled in the program previously. Um, but even this solution from the court is temporary. And so if we want a lasting solution, uh, a solution that will allow dreamers to plan their lives and those employers that would hire them to make you know, reasonable expectations about employment, um, legislation needs to come through that removes them from this state of limbo. Well, Jason, I want to thank you for the work you do and for joining us here at Rowan and this conversation for ProfCast. And that's all for this week. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Miguel Martinez. Our executive producer is Justin Decker. A special thanks this week to Matt Cass and Emily Sarcedo for co-reporting this story. Nicole Mingo was our photographer for this week. If you would like to see her photos of the events and people we spoke with, please head over to our website, thewitonline.com, or follow us on social media at thewitonline.